Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Highmark Stadium. I'm sitting here live with uh, Ryan Talbot wearing a wonderfully uh, colored polo shirt. I feel like everybody walking around the sidelines today could point out where Ryan Talbot was because, you know, you it was like, you know, this, the little indicator on a map, right? Well, you, were, you stood out and a did a human highlighter. A human highlighter. Perfectly said. Uh, this is the Shout Buffalo Pills football podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. And right now, Ryan, it is uh, burger season, right? Like anytime you're in the mood, you can go back, fire up the grill, cook some burgers, and head over to topsmarkets.com slash burgers now. And it's the world of burgers. With over 30 ready-to-grill burgers, Tops is the place to pick out the juiciest, most delicious burgers in town. From beef and turkey to chicken and veggie, you'll find something for everyone. Taste the flavors of the world with unique toppings and twists on the classic burger. Tops World of Burgers is yours to explore. That's right. You get there. You can't beat Tops meat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, bro, like... It's it's the first minute of the show. Can you relax a second? Anyway, we got a lot to get to. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We have been very busy this evening um, talking with all of our Shout Buffalo Bills text insiders. Uh, you can sign up to become an insider by texting 716-528-6727 and get all the inside scoop before we even go live uh, on the podcast. What's nice about the conversations, too, that we have on the, the, the platform is that we can bring what people are talking about, you know, into the show and, and base things around. And I wanted to start tonight with something that it just kind of hit me as it happened that, you know, one of the things that I think has hurt this offense, specifically last season, was missed opportunities in terms of dropped, you know, poorly run routes, sure. uh, mistakes in the route running situation and one popped up today and i'm going to take you through it a little bit and then i want to get into what i think it potentially means so it was a a really nice play by dawson knox where he got to the second level made a really nice move um but one of the problems that i think has kind of plagued him since he came into the league is that when you 
have your back to the football and the quarterback, and you have to make a sudden move to your right or left, and a stat. Why do you keep smiling at me like that? I don't know. <laughs> you're, getting, you're like you're on Dream Street or something, uh-huh. um, and you have to make a sudden decision and go to right, and then reestablish your balance once you make that move. And how many times have we seen over the years Dawson Knox just kind of like fall victim to maybe like the turf monster, right? We saw it in plain sight today. There is a huge play to be made there between Josh Allen and Dawson Knox. Tyrell Dotson and DeMar Hamlin were the closest in coverage. They had no chance at a play. It's Dawson Knox makes a catch, maybe has a chance to go up the sideline and deliver, you know, what we saw in that Cincinnati game his rookie year when he was truck sticking people down the sideline. But you can't do that if you don't make that catch. And that's one thing. We've talked a lot about the bro spots during training camp that this to me is one of the storylines I'm going to be tracking that could turn into a problem for this team. Drops last year were a problem for Gabe Davis. I am predicting that that's not going to be the case in this upcoming season. But if it is, Dawson Knox doesn't improve um, that part of his game. I think he could be a huge weapon in this offense. But if you're not developing in that area, I think it's just concern. And I, it's one I wanted to point out. And that's a fair concern because of how long he's been in the system, how long he's been in this offense. And the fact that we're still seeing this, something that we've seen for a few years now. And it's funny, you mentioned Gabe Davis, and you know, drops are going to be an issue. And he had a drop early in practice today, yes. you know, right across the middle of the field, bounces off of his hands, falls to the turf innocently enough. But uh, we've been talking about how strong he has been during training camp, catching the ball. And, and, you know, maybe it was just the, the first night at Highmark Stadium, the crowd, the atmosphere, the jitters, whatever the case may be. But we're, we're seeing players that uh, have been making doing the opposite of what we've been seeing from them at camp get called for. They had some refs on the field tonight. Uh, I, I thought that in addition to the pre-snap penalties, uh, I, meant, I saw in the comments here about Kyle Allen, some botched snaps. So th- there were a lot of little hiccups tonight from this offense. And, and in general, it was one of the sloppier practices that we've seen at Highmark Stadium for the return of the blue and red. Like we're seeing some comments here. We got a kind of a depth in the fly here. We don't usually do it in this room. So I think I wonder if the Wi-Fi is not traveling over to this room. The usual rooms that we do it in are locked. Um, so hopefully we are back and we okay, back now. Boom. That's huge news. Um, we're gonna get into Dalton Kincaid. We're gonna get into some other topics as well. But I want to get into the middle linebacker situation today because you know, I think you you talked a little bit about uh, in the text group about your your one of your big takeaways today was a really good day for Tyrell Dotson. As as we kind of look uh, into the notebook here, it was Tyrell Dotson that was coming out at that starting middle linebacker spot, and I thought he he probably had the best day. And it's you know it, it's interesting because it's we've now officially moved past the Balin Specter part of the program, and it, it seems like this is a competition between Terrell Bernard and Tyrell Dotson. I thought Dotson outplayed him today. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Milano, a little note here, thanks to Pops Ma- Mafia on, on Matt Milano and Taryn Johnson, were not uh, participating. Vet rest days, nothing to get too concerned about. You're going to see that over the course uh, uh, of practices where they give some of the more vet- veteran guys a chance to kind of, you know, just ease things up on the body. Dorian Williams, though, got to start at, uh, outside linebacker with the ones today. I thought it was Tyrell, De- which we'll talk about that in a second. Dotson had the best day. He's battling up against Bernard, who I thought in moments had had a tough day. And then you have Balin Spector, who it's strange. It's like you can only take so much from these second-team reps, third-team reps. But, man, I'm left every single practice with 
a play or two where Balin Specter just pops for me, where I'm just like, man, it's a, it, I don't know if it's the way that he plays, that he's so, it, he seems like he's just quicker than the other two. Um, his pursuit angles to me are more crisp and clear to the ball carrier, especially in the run game. But for whatever reason, I don't know if the Bills have seen something where they've kind of moved in a different direction. And, you know, I do think they have to narrow this down. I think the longer you keep three guys in the mix, you know, it's less reps for the guys that you feel like are establishing themselves. But I just don't know if Balen Specter has done enough to warrant removing him from it. Yeah. And what's interesting, Matt, is when he did draw the start with the ones at training camp, I thought he played very well. I thought he made a lot of really good plays for this team and was kind of anticipating that we would see him again in this rotation. And that has not been the case. Uh, Dodson drawing the start tonight makes me think that he is in, in line, perhaps, or the favorite to win that job, in my opinion. I think when you're starting at the stadium here, uh, you're building some solid practices up. That, that puts you in the driver's seat. And real quick on Dodson, you know, he was all over the field tonight. I felt like uh, wherever there was a play to be made, he was there. He was in the middle of it. He had a lot of stops, especially in the in run defense. So uh, I think that tonight's performance bodes well for his chances of winning that job. Yeah, and I think that we're also reaching a situation with Dotson where maybe he doesn't play a lot in the preseason because I think they know what they have in him. I know he's battling, but I think Sean McDermott even mentioned the fact that like getting Bernard Inspector reps is something that's a bit of a priority when he talked to the media a couple of days ago. And so I think we could get to a spot where everything we've seen from Tyrell Dotson is the same stuff that we saw when he played. Like there's some limitations to his game. I don't know if he's as rangy and quick in short spaces as maybe Bernard has the chance to be. And definitely that spe- that I think that's the strength of Spectre's game. But I also think he's a much more physical player than both. Eh, no, I shouldn't say he's more physical than Spectre, but definitely more physical than Bernard. And, and there's something to be said, too, about knowledge of the playbook, knowledge of the system, uh, confidence in having the green dot on your helmet, calling the plays. He's been in the system for a long time, Matt, and that's something else that probably works in his favor. So there's a lot of little things. And, you know, I, we had a lot of questions in the subtext today about this linebacker competition and how they're worried that all three of them uh, holding up in the role that Edmonds, uh, Train Edmonds once had. And, you know, none of these guys have that size, have that wingspan. That's not very common uh, among linebackers, but I think all of them have their own strengths. So when it comes to Dodson, uh, the knowledge of the system is another part that kind of works in his favor. So Patrick Cleary uh, with the with the super chat, thank you for supporting the program. Says thanks to subtext, he has not been looking at Twitter all day. Uh, he says his soul is intact. Keep it up, boys. And Twitter can become a really like, accessible like sometimes x well I'm, I'm not calling it that um but thank you for the subtext patrick you know the thing that i've learned about the subtext group uh the shout uh insider text group that we're calling it is that it allows us to keep my my part of my vision for our vision for this is it allows us to keep people in the loop directly with us right like there's a lot of stuff that can kind of get a bit funky on, on social media as people are sharing it and you know who's sharing it you know if we're sharing it it's always coming uh from reporting around this team in the building um and i think like i i, I texted it out about spencer brown today like we got to be careful with some of these injuries like the ed oliver thing today he looked banged up a little bit after one play went into the medical tent came out seemed like he was all smiles he was signing after practice but didn't re-enter right like we could tweet that out I didn't, and I made that decision. I could tweet that out, and then everybody's going to be freaking out about Ed Oliver, and you're just like, oh, what's going on? And then we show up on Sunday, and there he is in first-team uh, defense, and he's taking reps. So we will get an update on Ed Oliver on Sunday because if he's not playing, 
Uh, if he's not practicing, then we'll go up to, you know, the bills and, and get an update and we will report on that. The Spencer Brown thing that happened was, you know, a, a, a fine observation from Joe Marino, no, no shade throw towards him. Um, but it ends up being basically nothing as he's out here, a full practice today. And I thought of a solid practice for Spencer. Brown. Yeah. A really solid practice after having one practice earlier this week where he had some ups and downs. Uh, I thought he looked well on the field and you know, he, he came running out of the field out of the tunnel tonight. So that was the first indicator that he was feeling more than okay. Uh, held his own though, for the, for the most part tonight where some of these defensive ends had solid evenings. So Spencer Brown did a good job though. And, and it's an encouraging, uh, you know, it's encouraging to see that from someone that you're going to be likely starting at right tackle. There's no real other competition for that spot on this team. As for Ed Oliver, I, I'm going to kind of second what you said. Uh, after he left the medical tent, he was on the sideline, helmet in hand, but smiling, talking to the guys, wasn't seated somewhere, wasn't taken off the field. I wouldn't overreact or worry too much about that just yet. Uh, something that we will monitor and continue to monitor on Sunday. Big news with Josh Allen today. Um, of course he rocked the blue helmet, uh, coming out of the tunnel. Uh, did you post a video of that? Uh, no, because the Wi-Fi is a little, well, actually I think I did. I think it finally did go through. I tried to, and it wasn't working at first and I tried a second time. It did the, uh, Wi-Fi on the field is a little bit, uh, suspect here at uh, Highmark stadium. Um, that's not the only news that Josh Allen made today. Apparently he made his way over to wing nuts yes. for the first time. And this has been years in the making because I remember when the barstool guys, uh, and thank you uh, to John Bushy on YouTube. <laughs> Loving the subtext. Thank you for the super chat, man. I really appreciate it. If you're watching on uh, YouTube right now, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel as well. We really appreciate it. Um, I know those wingnuts guys, we, we, we've been working with them now for a little over half a year, uh, have been trying to get Josh Allen into the joint. And apparently that little interaction, the room 40 finally got him over there. He was there at froth brewing company today before practice. Uh, so the next time we get a chance to talk to Josh Allen, we will have to ask him what he thought about wing nuts. But here's the cool thing. Everybody watching, everybody interested can find out for themselves what the wing nuts wings taste like. This Monday night, we are going to Dorado on Park Avenue in Rochester. Training camp last week, we are closing it down in big fashion out at uh, Dorado for a live episode of Shout. And we're bringing wing nuts with us. Yeah, I cannot wait. And listen, Josh Allen, the fact that he was moving around well in the field after eating some wing nuts wings, that's impressive in its own right. I'm usually in a food coma after about, you know, five of those. So uh, glad to see he finally made his way there. Room 40 definitely uh, probably put it over the top and and doing the inter interview with the uh, pardon my take uh, folks probably pushed him to kind of finally visiting and hopefully he enjoyed it just like all the other Bills players have to date. So uh, I want to get into um, James Cook. A little bit and this offensive line and it was a you know one of the things we were talking about in the the press area over here with some of our uh um peers was just this this practice didn't really hit as much as you know these blue and red scrimmages have in the past i mean a lot of it was run focused heavily run focused and you know when you when you're working that kind of thing in this kind of setting and it, it tends to be a little bit boring but from a evaluation perspective it did offer up some some nice little nuggets and i was disappointed that ryan bates was in it right right guard with the starters and i i think that the bills i hope for bills fans sake and this player and this part of the build is get aggressive with Osiris Torrance. 
uh, in the preseason and really try to figure out what they have in him. And I know that they like to slow play it, not put up uh, too, too, too much too soon on a, on a rookie's plate. But I was disappointed to see Bates out there today. And the, the problem with Bates is that he's, he's, he's a good player. He's a fine player, right? But that's, that's his ceiling. I think like we've seen the best version of Ryan Bates in the NFL. And at times I think his size and the fact that they lean on him to be an athletic offensive lineman. Right. So he does, he gets out in space really well. He reminds me of Mitch Morrison that way. He's really like, you know, quick. He shuffles his feet really well. When they ask him to pull, he gets out in space really well, but sometimes you get going downhill and you, you know, meet up with a linebacker like he did today and just get absolutely smashed. And I don't know if it was dot. I think it was Dotson who just like completely blew up his block and then blew up the, the run play that they were trying to break free. And, you know, I think you get Torrance in that situation. It's probably a different result. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And, you know, we were just talking about preseason with Tyrell Dotson, maybe not getting a lot of reps or a lot of snaps. And, and maybe that's going to happen at guard as well. And it could be a blessing in disguise for Osiris Torrance getting a, a major run, major reps. And if he impresses the way that he's looked at camp at times and, and holds his own, it, it might force the Bills' hand. You, you mentioned they like to slow play these rookies, but we like what we've seen from him so far. He's a mauling guard. He's a little bit different than the stereotypical offensive guard that this team has had in the past. Like you said, they've leaned on athleticism over uh, size, over that that mauling factor. But if you really do want to get James Cook going, if you really do want to try to develop this player that you took in round two, I, I think getting him on the field sooner rather than later would be the right call. Make the right call right now. Head over to Tops, and they got all of these amazing drink specials, cold drinks, hot savings. You can get yourself a buy two, get three free Pepsi six-pack. You can go and get buy two, get three free Diet Pepsi soda. Maybe you're watching your calories, and you don't want to go too crazy. Go get the Diet Coke. They're the Diet Pepsi. They got the Pepsi Zero Sugar, buy two, get three free. And then they got the 909 each on the caffeine-free uh, soft drinks in bottles. There are so many deals happening at Tops right now. It's they're, they're just a drive away. And listen, they're always open till like 11 or 12 at night. The one around the corner from my house, I'm always just crushing something at late night. That's right. And listen, preseason football time now. Stock up on the Pepsi products, have them in-house, have some parties with uh, these Bills games coming up, home game this upcoming weekend, but then two road contests. What's better than sitting at home, having some burgers from Tops and some Pepsi products? Our good friend Mike Taylor, uh, save the calories for wing nuts, drink diet. My man, that's what I'm talking about. All right, where do you want to go next? Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You know, I want to talk about maybe my big winner of tonight's practice. That'd be AJ Epinesa, Matt. Uh, you know, the Bills defensive end room is loaded. We know what Von Miller brings to the table when he comes back. I think Leonard Floyd has had a really solid training camp season. He had a really nice night tonight. Uh, Greg Rousseau had a would-be sack on Josh Allen. But then it's like, what about the depth behind that trio? And AJ Epinesa had a great night tonight. He had two would-be sacks, uh, both against uh, David Questenberry, really worked Questenberry in both takes. He had a batted pass early in practice. And, 
you know, I think maybe that light bulb came on last season that, you know, flying under the radar, six and a half sacks, and then you come to camp this season. And what's been the biggest knock on Epinesa? When the pads come on, he's not making the plays. The pads have come on, and he's continuing to make plays this summer for the Bills. So for me, it was a great night for A.J. Epinesa in terms of, you know, solidifying that spot on the depth chart for this Bills team, maybe uh, working his way into the rotation a little bit more, getting more opportunities, more snaps over the preseason. And then that could even carry over into the regular season, Matt. I'm pretty concerned about the depth behind Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown. I mean, you mentioned David Questenberry there, and I want to talk about Epinesa, too, and, and these edge rushers, and uh, there was a one play against Spencer Brown, uh, Leonard Floyd I want to talk about as well. I thought Spencer Brown, by the way, like a little bit of a segue here, or uh, uh, let's like, just pack this into this conversation. Spencer Brown was fine today. I mean, yeah. he came out, he played the whole practice. I thought he looked good in pass protection on a couple of different reps. The one that he really struggled in was a one-on-one rep against Leonard Floyd. And if you remember, you know, um, I think, I believe it was Sean McDermott or maybe it was Eric Washington. Oh no, it was Eric Washington talking about his ability as a run defender. We saw it in person tonight and he blew up a run play beating Spencer Brown really badly, got into the backfield, um, which I think is really interesting, but you know, AJ Epinesa, I'm not taking anything away from him, but I just think that we are seeing just subpar ability at depth tackle for the Bills throughout this entire training camp. And that starts with Questenberry. And I think, man, I people were killing me for this a couple of months ago when I was uh, – weeks ago, really, if you, if you want to think about it, talking about what's the deal with this Brandon Shell signing. Like people are talking about all of the starting experience in Miami. Then you go look at some of the advanced numbers. I mean, people burned Spencer Brown for the, the pressures allowed last year. Shell was right there with him. He, he allowed two less, according to Pro Football Focus. Ryan, I don't think he's very good. So if those two guys aren't good, aren't trustworthy, you, you don't feel good about putting them in the game behind Spencer Brown, who's already a polarizing kind of player, and a, and a Deion Dawkins, who you're hoping bounces back from a little bit of a down year last year. The tackle position in general, to me, and we talked about this going into training camp, it's a major concern. And the play of Questenberry and Shell, for me, hasn't, you know, quelled that concern at all. No. And, you know, for Shell specifically, Matt, he was beaten badly by Boogie Bashamly yeah, in practice that, tonight. So uh, that was another would be sack for this team. And, and it's, uh, this was actually a, a subtext question that I answered earlier today. What do the Bills do about the depth at offensive tackle? At, at this point in the summer, there's not g- good options available in free agency. So they have two options. One, you could look and see, you know, look across the landscape of the league and see who has some depth at tackle, maybe needs some help at defensive end. You're, you're kind of loaded there. A player for player trade could be in, in talks, uh, kind of how the Bills landed Ryan Bates a few years ago. I believe sending Eli Harold uh, to Philadelphia in that trade. Uh, however it panned out. So that's one scenario. And then two, the roster cutdown season is going to be coming up here uh, at the end of the month. And there will be some quality veterans that uh, do not find a job in a 53-man roster. That might be the other path that they have to take. So, you know, trading for a player or waiting for those roster cuts, which isn't ideal because then you're so close to the start of the regular season, getting them used to the system. Uh, it's just one of those things that uh, the Bills are kind of in a, a tough spot right now, Matt. A lot of people asking about um, Kyle Allen. And, you know, one thing I could say, I, I don't know specifically the reason for the bad snaps, but I will say this is something that goes back to uh, minicamp. I and mean, we were talking about before, remember when we were talking about minicamp about Nick Broker and him. It's funny, we haven't seen him at center at all throughout training camp. And, you know, Alec Anderson's working uh, 
the converted tackle, I guess. I mean, he's still, I think, playing a little bit of that. Um, he's been mostly doing the third-team center stuff. Then they've been moving Bates into that spot, McGovern into that spot. Um, they got Morse working with the first team. So, I mean, there's not a lot of continuity at center, and really they're asking guys on the second team at center to play a position that's not their natural position. There's not a, a true backup center outside of Greg Mance, and Listen, we've seen enough of Greg Mance at this point to know what that is. There's a reason why he remained on the practice squad last year. So, you know, I think it's a combination of, you know, just moving guys around them not being comfortable. And that's another part of this Ryan Bates piece that's puzzling to me is like, I don't know if Ryan Bates is a good enough player to manage right guard and then flipping over to center. I, I feel like it's something that if you want him to be the backup center, which I think is a good idea with Mitch Morse's injury history and the fact that he's just another year older, I like that move with the depth that you now have at interior guard yeah. with Edwards and Butker. So I don't understand the hesitation. And listen, we're still early in the process. We're a week into training camp. Like a lot of things can change as they go. And maybe they're seeing how much guys can handle on their plate. But it's something I'm going to be watching. Yeah, and it could come down to two, like uh, for priority practice squad players, who can handle the, the center position, who can ha uh, handle playing multiple spots in the line. But you're right, it's still early enough. But maybe at the end of the day, that is what the Bills decide and say, you know, Ryan, we like your versatility. We like everything you can do, but we want you to kind of be that backup center. We think there could be a time. That's something I say to you all the time, Ryan. Ryan, I love your versatility. Love your versatility. Uh, to, to get you onto that field if something were to happen to Mitch Morris, because you said it, David Edwards has uh, experience in this system and he's looked solid so far at camp and you have like Butker coming back from uh, a serious injury but he's kind of been eased back into it and he looks like he could handle a depth role too so you have those guys kind of waiting in the wings you you obviously have Torrance that you want out there hopefully starting and you sign McGovern to a sizable deal so you have the guys at guard it's just kind of about figuring out that center position because uh, until we hear from Kyle Allen, or maybe we could talk to one of the coaches about what the problem has been, we don't know exactly who is responsible, if it's a lack of chemistry in general, uh, but there are definitely a lot of botched snaps and fumbles tonight. Um, Mark's asking on Facebook, was it really that horrible at tackle? And I, I'm mostly talking about Questenberry and Shell. Like I thought Brown and Dawkins were fine, um, but that's the, that's the point. Like, you know, if you get in a situation where one of those guys has to play and you need to find a swing tackle, like maybe you're banking in this point, like the Tommy Doyle gets enough momentum here and, and puts the, some things together and then you can have a different conversation. Play One of the plays of the day was the big long run from James Cook. Yes. And I will highlight Connor McGovern and Deion Dawkins, who basically made that thing possible. And once he got out to the outside, I mean, it's like, man, guys are in big trouble. I mean, Jordan Poyer's trying to track him down. I mean, that might be a house call if um, we're in a live game at yeah, I mean, that's just it. When you have James Cook's speed and he gets that uh, open lane and he's able to take it outside like he did tonight on that first run, uh, it was a huge play. The crowd went wild for it. He showed off that burst, showed off the acceleration. He, he's proving that he's ready to kind of take on that running back one type of role based on the summer he's having to date, Matt. Uh, Jessica asking a couple um, 53-man roster questions, and I actually kind of want to get into this a second because I was talking about this with Josh and Thad before our Channel 4 Buffalo Kickoff Live show today. And you go back to 2021, the Bills kept 11 defensive linemen. We've talked about that, right? Um, I think, to me, Jordan Phillips seems like the most likely pup candidate because I just think, like, with the rotator cuff, the shoulder – 
you saw what happened when that when when he really got dinged up last year. He's never right again. I think you want him to be absolutely a hundred, so you can really tap into his pass rushing ability and have that be a a part. So I think you slow play his return, maybe even more than Vaughn, like because it seems like Vaughn's really starting to kind of get himself ramped up to go. So if Vaughn's on the roster, and you're sitting there looking at like Vaughn, um, Greg, uh, Leonard Floyd, Boogie. Um, AJ Epinesa and Shaq, that's six, right? If you start Phillips on Pup, then you you really have five other spots that you can use at defensive tackle or maybe even go seven defensive ends if you like one of those other ends and four tackles because, man, we're seeing a lot of Boogie and Greg on the inside too. So then you're looking at Settle, Puna Ford, Daquan Jones, and Ed Oliver. Yeah, I, I think the way you just kind of laid that out is a really realistic situation for the D-line. Uh, Jordan Phillips, we haven't seen any kind of indication that uh, he's necessarily like extremely close to returning. He's obviously working off to the side, much like Von Miller has been, much like Tyler Medikevich has been. But do you just put him on – sorry to interrupt you, but I want your thought on this. Do you just put him on ice anyway just to prepare against it? Yes, I, I, I would for a few reasons. One, to prepare against it, and two, because you like what you have there, and you know that over the, the first few weeks of the season another injury could pop up, Matt, and at that point in time, then when he's healthy and ready to go, he could kind of come in and you know what you're going to get from him. I thought this was your best angle. It, it was. Today, kind like you just holding your hand, the yeah. John Cena was great. Yeah. I mean, we got some comments here. Well, somebody said, wow, that's the best Ryan's looked in months. <laughs> That's just kidding. That was me. Um, all right. Uh, thank you for watching Shout on a late Friday night. We're over 400 on YouTube. You are the best, uh, Bills Mafia. Uh, hit that like button. Subscribe to the show as well. We're going to go a couple more places before we get out of here. But be- what I want you to do before you get out of here is send a text message. It could just say, hi, 716 528 six seven two seven you're gonna get text back on how to sign up to become a shout buffalo bills insider then you get to join the club and it's gonna be great look in the background oh, there look, look at little, this channel seven in the house oh, bovey the dominator that is a great cameo right man, there. oh man yeah the checks in the mail bovey but become a text insider uh we want to chat with you answer your questions and bring you uh what, what i think has been the coolest part of our coverage to date since uh, we started doing this thing five years ago. Yeah. love the back and forth. Love the, the t- talking with the bills fans, uh, obviously the broadcast where they get the messages and they respond back. Uh, we take a lot of enjoyment chatting one-on-one with the bills fans who have been so supportive and we really appreciate you uh, join us now. Like it's the great time of year to do it. Training camp, preseason roster, cut down time. Use that two week uh, tree, two week free trial, Matt, and you won't regret it. Um, where do you want to go next? I'm going to close this thing down here. Yeah, let's let's close it down a little bit uh, with back-to-back Josh Allen touchdowns tonight late in practice. So, yeah, Josh Allen, they were doing a little work near the goal line, and uh, Allen had back-to-back passes, and the first being to Stefan Diggs. He saw Diggs kind of get open to the left side of the end zone and nailed, uh, you know, perfect picture-perfect pass to Diggs. But the second play is the one that I was I really liked, and it showed a little the creativity that we're getting from Ken Dorsey and uh, it looked like Khalil Shakir was going in motion to go toward the backfield map. And when he did that, uh, he reversed field immediately, kind of stopped, cut, and came back. And when he did that, he was opening the side of the field for a swing pass, hauled it in from Josh Allen, easy touchdown. But just that little motion, little kind of making these uh, players think about, you know, what what's he going to do? Is he going into the backfield? Is he getting a handoff? Is he going to 
uh, just kind of be a decoy, whatever it is. And then sure enough, he, he reverses field and gets open. You know, it's just those little wrinkles that we're seeing from Ken Doris, the creativity that we're seeing at training camp. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of that on both sides of the ball, in my opinion, Matt. The, you mentioned, you know, Boogie Basham and Greg Russo lining up at D-tackle, the way that they're kind of creating these openings for players on the offense side of the ball. There's a lot of exciting things to, to kind of monitor if you're a Bills fan. Get ready for the Trent Shurfield packages. I think that's something that I saw tonight. Um, I saw him one point out in the slot. I saw another play where I think it was um, a run to Harris and Diggs was out of the game and it was Sherfield and Gabe Davis. And, and listen, another thing that's interesting on, on Dalton Kincaid and a rep I want to get into uh, from him before we get out of here. It's like, Everybody's talking about maybe like the his inability to block early, like at a, at a high level. I, I don't know if it's going to be that impactful because the Bills have this way to mitigate against it. Because if he's on the field, he almost becomes like wide receiver one in that situation when you have Knox, who's a good, a solid blocker, and then Davis and Sherfield, who are two of the best blocking receivers in the NFL. Yeah. So all of a sudden now. And especially if you can get Osiris Torrance on the field where I feel like that's going to be the strength of his game, then all of a sudden now you've upgraded in several spots. And really, when when Kincaid's out there, you just have to look at him through that kind of scope. Yeah, no, that's well said. Sherfield was the top blocking wide receiver uh, in terms of blocking at uh, Pro Football Focus last year. You mentioned Gabe Davis and how good of a blocker he is. You have Dawson Knox, who has made great strides as a blocker, too. Uh, these are all things that work in the Bills' favor in terms of having Dalton Kincaid on the field, not having to necessarily worry about his blocking. But having him out there, he's only going to get better when the opportunities come, when the reps come. It's like Dawson Knox. Knox was not known for his blocking when the Bills drafted him. He was athletic. He tested well. Uh, and he's developed over the years. I guarantee Rob Boris and this coaching staff, they're going to develop Dalton Kincaid as a blocker too. But you want to let him be out there and utilize him for his skills and his talents. And that's as a pass catcher. And that's as a weapon in this game, uh, in the passing game. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see because, like you said, they do have other options in terms of blocking uh, wide receivers sneeze and yawn combo uh i deliver that like nobody else um i want to talk about one rep about kincaid um wasn't a very busy practice for him today but again they were working a lot of the run game but one would have been a sweet play from josh allen to kincaid it ends up going incomplete i thought the ball was a little bit behind him but i also think that terrell bernard in coverage made a really nice play and i do want to highlight this because i was talking a bit at the beginning of the show about how maybe bernard to me has felt just a level below Dotson. He has made a couple splash plays here and there. And, you know, the, when the, since the pads have come on, it's just, it's been less for Bernard. But that was one of those plays where he sprawled out. He was in the passing lane. I think he might have tipped it. I couldn't see it for sure. But for Kincaid not to catch it, I almost think that maybe he did. I should have asked Kincaid about it uh, when we talked to him after practice. That's my bad. Um, but a good play for Bernard, either way, just to kind of be aware, affect the play a little bit, and it ends in an incompletion. Yeah, that's just that he affected the play, and at the end of the day, that's what you're looking for for these players that are competing for not just you know a starting job, but also uh, for a depth role or, or snaps in a game. And uh, it would have been a great play to Dalton Kincaid, but like you said, there were a few factors. It was thrown behind him slightly. Uh, you had Bernard kind of sprawling out and possibly getting a hand on it, so... Uh, if you can affect a play like that, you know, you're, you're stopping a team from potentially moving the chains. You're stopping them from a positive play. Little things like that do add up. And uh, it was one of the better plays from Bernard tonight. Little things do add up. 
And, you know, if you can get some savings, if you can get maybe a couple of things for free, that adds up quick. That wallet starts getting thick, right? And listen, the thick meats. No, nah, that's that's horrible. Come on, Ryan. Get your head. Come on. Stop it. Uh, buy one, get one free mega meat sale right now at Tops. You can get your 85% lean ground beef, your Oscar Mayer center cut original bacon, my personal favorite, uh, some naturally hard, uh, hardwood smoked bacon. You got the uh, boneless, skinless chicken breast. Come on. Every time you go to Tops, you got to get grab a couple packs of that. You can buy one, get one free with all of these brands right now at Tops. Uh, get yourself some premium pork chops. Get yourself the center cut chops as well. How about that Hatfield pork tenderloin? I love a good tenderloin. Don't we all, Matt? Don't we all? Yeah, go get those BOGO deals at Tops. Love the BOGO deals. And speaking of deals, get yourself a two-week free trial to become a Shout Buffalo Bills insider. After that, two weeks, try us out. $3.99 a month, less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks to be an insider per month, less than $50 a year. I know subscriptions add up. But, man, ride with us for a little while. Check it out. See if it's for you, uh, and then we'll see how it goes. Scott Webster, death, taxes, and a smooth Perino Tops promo transition. I've been waiting for Tops to come back. It's my favorite time of the year when I get those transitions. Yeah, and you do. You always nail them, Matt. So uh, great time tonight. Can't wait for Sunday's practice. I cannot wait for Sunday's practice either. 11.45, it begins Expect Shout to be live around 4 p.m., a little bit later than usual, uh, but it's a little bit later uh, in the day. He's Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino from Highmark Stadium. We will see you all on Sunday. Enjoy your weekend. Summer's winding down. Have some fun. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody.